This is the VIP Podcast, Virginia in Politics. Let's listen to host Chris Saxman explore the personalities and policies that connect the Commonwealth. The VIP Podcast is brought to you by the VCTA, Broadband Association of Virginia and Virginia Free. The views and opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the VCTA and Virginia Free or our sponsors. And we're back on the VIP podcast. Chris Saxman, your host. I'm the executive director of Virginia Free. This podcast is also sponsored by VCTA, the Broadband Association of Virginia. Please subscribe, like, and share on Spotify, YouTube, and Apple. Joining us back in studio, our, uh, not a brand new VIP, a, a, a repeat customer here at the <laughs> VIP podcast, Virginia in Politics, Senator Jennifer Boisco. Good to be here, Chris. Thanks it's always good to see you. I, I sat, you sat down, we were getting prepped up, and I said, one of my favorite legislators. That's because, and I'm, and I'm honest, about it, I, don't, I don't blow smoke, and anyone can attest to this. I think you're an earnest, hardworking legislator who's in it for the right reasons and always has been. Well, I appreciate that. I, you're seven years in, eight years in now? Um, this is, I think, my eighth, eighth session, session wow. from the House and the Senate, yeah. What's been your experience in the, in the time? What have you seen the changes from 2015 election, 2016 yeah. serving? 20, yes, that's correct. Okay, to today. Um, well, there's really been a really big difference between serving in the House in the major in the minority, mm -hmm. and in the Senate. I've served in the minority and the majority, and have found, because it's a smaller body, probably because we have larger districts, we have to collaborate more. Um, in the House, it's really whoever is in charge runs the show completely, and you know how things are going to go without. You know whether or not you work as hard as possible or not, your right. your bills are going to end up. But in the Senate, I find I've been able to work across the aisle. You might remember that Bill Stanley and I mm -hmm. uh, worked so hard on uh, getting those dogs freed from oh, Vigo right. last that's year. Right. That was right. the Beagle Bill. We'd worked on that. We talked for about that last year. A number of years together, um, but I have been able to find collaboration across the aisle, and then. When, when we are on different sides of issues, we don't take it personally. So, for instance, with the gun safe storage bill that I'm carrying, um, after the debate, one of my Republican colleagues came over and he said, we're just on different teams. Right. You know, and then we can go have a different teams or different, uh, just ideologically different on that? Ideologically different. I Because okay, one of the books I've been referencing on the podcast here, yeah. The Myth of Left and Right, How the Political Spectrum Misleads and Harms America. And that their premise is that there really is no political spectrum along an algebraic line mm. of left and right. Okay. Left and right, depending on which one you're on camera here. And that has changed over time so much that it's it's usually just the party party out of power challenging the party in power, and how that national narrative moves things along. And that's what they've been talking about here. Um, but let's talk about your gun safe storage bill. Certainly. So I'll be hearing that in the the House later today. Um, the gun What's, safe storage bill, uh, it will be in the public safety okay. subcommittee. Subcommittee this morning. Yes. Okay. It'll be at four o'clock, actually. Ah, very good. But this is a bill that does not infringe on anybody's Second Amendment rights. I'm from the Deep South. I grew up around guns. Um, but children are being killed in numbers greater than anything else by guns. Guns are the number one cause of death for children and teens. And is, is that um, in the nation is, and is that, is in Virginia? Do you differentiate between self inflicted? 40% of the increase that we've seen has been self-inflicted 40% of the increase. Suicides. What's the overall uh, death from guns for children? Is it how much of that suicide versus murder? I think I think 
40% of that is suicide. 40% suicide. Yeah, so we've seen a huge increase in that. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons that I in increased. So my bill would, would require that it, you, you, you bring your gun into your house, you take it off your person, you need to lock it up. This is, these are handguns. Is there any kind of gun? Any gun. Everything any has gun. to be locked up. Yeah, it needs to be locked up when you if if you're wearing it on your holster, mm -hmm. you're that's fine. Okay. But when you put it down, because there are instances where three-year-old kids sure. have picked them up, shot themselves, shot their sisters, mm -hmm. their brothers, um, and of course, you know the the horrible shooting that happened in Newport News oh, early school. in the six-year-old session. Six -year -old the six-year-old walked into school yeah. with a gun. Yeah. So this would say you lock your gun up. Okay. And when you get up and you want to leave, you get your gun out if you want. You put it back in your does holster it, and you leave the house. The, uh, if there are kids under 18 or if there's a, someone who is prohibited from having access to a gun. Okay, it's so, a uh, well, yes and no. This is where the fun part happens. Sure. What defines locking it up? And um, if, if, you, if it's on your person, you don't have to. Mm -hmm. um, what's What kind of a lock does it have to be in? Certainly. So it's not, It's it does not... Re require a specific type of lock. So there are biometric safes that you can sure. use for your finger, uh, you know, put your finger on. Mm -hmm. There's the lock and key. There's a combination lock you can do. Mm -hmm. And there are a number of safes that you can put in your bedside table and lock it up. So How elementary fast... can the lock be? It just has to be a, like, because you like a, like a suitcase. We have those little, those little locks well, you have on suitcases. It needs to locks. be, it needs to be so that the child or the teen does not have access to it. Okay. So it does not prescribe how you handle that. So it, like a child safety lock on medicines, if, mm -hmm. if there were a, 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 a jar, mm -hmm. you could put a handgun in with a child safety lock. Would that be acceptable? It could be. It's just I, a, I think my sense is from Jennifer knowing you, yeah. that you're just trying to mitigate Correct. The, the reality. Correct. Okay. And, and Guns are the number one killer of children and teens. Suicide is a huge issue. We know that we're having right. a mental health crisis with the kids. Absolutely. And there there's a lot of data that shows that um, kids who are coming in in school shootings are getting their guns from home mm -hmm. or from their neighbor's houses. Right, right, right. These are things that we can do to easily prevent. They're not hurting anybody's ability. And actually, Chris, one of the provisions in the bill says, if your teenager is uh, is is okay, to, if you say that it's okay for your teenager to hunt, this is not gonna say that they can't. This, this has to be stored and locked. Yeah, just okay. store, lock your guns up. Could it be stored in a car with the car locked? If the kid doesn't have access to the Okay. The, what's what's been the uh, what's been the opposing arguments to this? Um, it's hard to. I think it's enforcement. hard. To, it's got to be a hard enforcement. Well, the idea here is to change individual behavior. Oh, so sure, of one course. of the pieces but would be. Yeah. How does it manifest itself in legal action if something didn't happen? It would be a two hundred fifty dollar fine, and I would assume um, that this would happen if somebody, if a three year old dies, and it is found that they have a gun. They shot somebody with a gun, and it's clear that there was not a locked, you know, the gun was yeah. not locked up. Then Okay, but only in that situation where something has happened? Well, do you or, think that anybody is going to come to everybody's house? Well, I don't know. I mean, that's what uh, I'm at. I, don't, I didn't read the bill. So yeah. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm trying yeah. to come at it from the it's point of those who oppose it. How are they going to, what's their, what are their I, arguments? I don't think there I is an know. argument, Chris, honestly. I think that this is a common sense bill that... We lock our guns up when we come home. Okay, and what was the vote in the Senate? Uh, it was party. It was it actually uh, I got one Republican to vote, so it was 23, 23 to sixteen. Who, who got? Who did you um, vote? Siobhan Dunavant voted for it. Okay. And Tommy Norman did not vote. Oh. And That's interesting. yeah.
It's interesting. Okay, uh, paid medical leave. That's I am hobby. so pleased. So I've been carrying paid family and medical leave, which would create um, an insurance program similar to unemployment or Social Security that for a $60,000 salary, you would end up paying um, about the cost of a cup of coffee every week. And so... So the per here we go. Mm -hmm. this would it would be, be less than this, that cup this, of coffee, actually. I, the employee, mm -hmm. would pay into a state-run fund. And your boss would also pay into the same state-run uh -huh, matching okay. fund. Okay. And then... Yeah, if, I haven't read the bill, so... That's okay. Me, me I know this backwards gonna, and forwards. So if you have bringing a child into the home, you know, having a baby, adopting a baby, sure. foster care, um, someone with a qualifying illness, not like a cold or the flu, but cancer or some sort of debilitating emergency. So not like term. COVID then? Um, if you had long COVID and were in the hospital for... So this is not, you know, this is like not a short-term... This is not a short-term sick sick leave. Okay. Bill. This is long-term. How long? 12 weeks. 12 weeks. Up to 12 weeks. Has to be a qualifying event. You per could, year? Mm -hmm. You could be caring for a dying parent at the end of their life. Yeah, sure. Um, and so if you're making $60,000, you're paying in approximately $150 a year. No, you're just using $60,000 as the benchmark to, no, for just, the conversation? No, it's just for, for yes, so you employee. can understand kind yeah, yeah, of the concept it, yeah. it's based just on your For the your audience. Mm -hmm. um, the total you would be paying into that fund would be $150 a year. Okay. Your, your boss and you. And, and you would be able to draw on that insurance to cover 80% of your salary. Your boss would not have to pay that. It would come from the insurance pool. 80% so, of your salary. Mm -hmm. And so the interesting thing is this is really um, helpful for really small businesses because they can't afford to cover somebody's okay. leave. For that same person, let's just imagine a $15 an hour minimum wage worker, mm -hmm. right? It would cost their employer five thousand dollars to give them the sick, the the paid family and medical leave okay. out of pocket. Okay. If we have this program, it would be less than one hundred fifty dollars. If if there's a short term disability policy, mm -hmm. do, would they would the employee get both benefits? They could. So we would think of my policy as the floor, and then if they wanted, they can could. Can that have exceed it. their current level of income? It would not. Is that is that yeah. that's stated yeah. in statute that you're that you're yeah. creating? Yeah, we're okay. not looking to give somebody the ability to go make money on this. We're looking at people who are making terrible decisions. So have you has that happened in other states? Mm -hmm. where people it have, has. Where they've they've yeah. taken advantage of the system. No, no, no. This policy around the country has been shown to be very effective, cost effective, not been abused. There are parameters; they have to be approved for it. Yeah, 13 other states have done this, including the District of Columbia, mm -hmm. successfully yeah. so. Yeah, so uh, Maryland, D.C., you know. The business community doesn't support this very much, uh, as I understand. They haven't here in Virginia, but I think there's really an education continuing okay. to have this conversation. Yeah. What and, and there are lots of large businesses who are already doing it. It's really the little mom and pops who don't have the ability. And, and so there's a group called the Main Street Alliance. It's got 30,000 businesses as members. Um, Is that a national Organization yeah. for Virginia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But they, they are strong advocates for it. And, and every one of us are going to have some of these problems. Oh, like, we, we, have, we, have, we have concurring elements in my family today. Yeah. Our daughter is taking care of an elderly grandfather uh, up in Baltimore, and a daughter just went on yeah. family, the paid leave okay. in, uh, here in Virginia. But she, her, her firm is based out of D.C. Her, yeah. So she's, she's eligible for that. Yeah. 
Um, so I understand. And I, we are pressed for time because yes. I know you have to present a bill. I do. And I appreciate you coming in this morning. Uh, very quickly, any books you're reading of interest? You know what? I just read Barbara Kingsolver's book okay. that um, is about the opioid crisis in oh. Southwest Virginia. It was amazing. It's called Demon um, Copperhead. And it's Ooh. it's kind of a, t a modern take on David Copperfield. Oh, okay. It is an amazing book. I would encourage everybody. Barbara Kingsolver. Uh huh. Demon. She Copper. is a she's a Pulitzer Prize winner. She lives in southwestern Virginia. Okay. Um, knows some of our other legislators, and you might recognize. You you really you know that she talks their char characters in the book. Uh, go to the Ram Clinic for the okay. health care. So Virginians should read this. They would have a, they yeah. would have a connection. And anybody it. who cares about the opioid crisis, really, no, this this big, really personalizes again, that's another, <clears throat> Something else that's affected our family. Yeah. Not our immediate family. <clears throat> um, how about movies? What have you seen lately? What do you recommend? Oh, my goodness. I have not watched any movies recently. Um, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm going to have to take a pass on that. Good. You're doing your work. Yeah. Uh, television shows. Anything you're streaming or watching or binging? I just watched the, um, it's called Enola um, Holmes. And it's, a, oh, okay. it is Sherlock Holmes' little it. sister. Oh, is that what it's about? And okay. it's the young woman who is in Stranger Things, who's the main character in Stranger okay. Things. It's pretty, it's pretty good. It's got a great feminist twist, which you know I'm all about. Um, and the mom in it is, um, oh, the woman who is in A Room with a View and in Harry Potter and his name, Helena Bonham Carter. Oh, oh I love yeah. her. She's fantastic. Yeah. So I, I did watch in, that in recently. She's also in The Crown as well. Yes. She's, she's yes. brilliant. She's brilliant. She is brilliant. Senator yes. Boisco, always a pleasure. Always you learn so much. You're, you're engaging. You're earnest, hardworking, and a, and a fine legislator. Thanks for joining us on the VIP podcast available on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple. I'm Chris Saxman, your host. Thanks for joining us.